Welcome to the gathering at Adel. Today's message is by one of our elders, Pastor Jesse Tunnel. Today he will be teaching over Romans chapter 8. We hope you enjoy. For more information, visit gatheringadel.org. I hope that you'll believe me when I say it is a, it is a deep honor and a privilege uh, to be here. I know I've been listening to Pastor Jeff's teaching through Psalm 23, and uh, I know you're looking forward to continue on that. Uh, and so I, I consider it an honor that you would let me come and, and break that for, for just a, a Sunday. Uh, I am excited about the scriptures this morning because... Um, Because I, I feel strongly that God uh, has allowed me to come today to, one, agree with and stir the revival that already exists in your hearts and your life, and also to deposit an increase of revival yes, for what God is doing and is going to do um, at Brock, we, we have defined revival as an intimate relationship with the reviver that awakens us to who we are in Christ and our God-given purpose. Could we, for a few moments, just honor what God is doing as a revival awakening across the earth right now? Because by honoring what he's doing, we place ourselves in a position to be recipients of what he's doing. So let's just go to the Father with gratitude and honor. Father, we just thank you so much. We are hearing testimonies of you pouring out your spirit in the Philippines, in Europe, in India, the, fire, the gospel is spreading like fire in India. We just thank you so much. We honor what you're doing. Father, we thank you for what you've been doing in Kentucky and the way that uh, through Asbury is spreading to other locations and college campuses in the middle of the United States. We just say more, Lord. Bless them with more. Everything that we dream of in the kingdom, we ask that you would deposit in them in greater ways than we've ever dreamed of. Father, we, as we've heard, we thank you for what you're doing at the Christian school in Azel, the church in Azel, Convergence Church in Fort Worth. We're just hearing testimonies of how you're moving powerfully, and we just say, yes, Lord, more. More, we thank you for the movie Jesus Revolution and how you're using it to spark passion and hunger for you throughout the United States. Father, I thank you for books and movies and TV shows that are being written. You're weaving all these things together to produce a movement of your presence that captivates us until we see Jesus face to face. And we just honor what you're doing, God. And we honor what you're doing right here in Adel, Texas. We thank you for the revival, uh, awakening and movement that you're stirring in our hearts. We honor the seeds of uh, revival that you put in us. And we just want to say, we long for more, God. 
We are hungry for a legitimate move of your presence that shakes the earth, that moves in a way that cannot be denied by the world because it is supernatural, because it is you, because it is love. I honor what you're doing in revival in my wife, in my own heart, in my children. I just say thank you. Thank you, God. We give our lives to this, a movement of your presence on the earth. What else do we have to live for, Father? But to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There's no other reason for us to exist but that your glory would come on the earth as the waters cover the seas. Jesus. We're hungry, Lord. Increase our hunger. Increase our hunger. We believe, God. We believe you're doing something supernatural. We believe. And we believe you're doing it in us today. Just as we sang, there's a fire of your presence rising in our soul. And we don't want to go back. Never want to go back. Amen. Amen. You don't want to miss what God is doing on the earth right now. You don't want to miss it. But let me tell you, I'm quite confident of this. Corporate revival is only a direct consequence to personal revival. It's not right for us to long for a church or a community to be in a revival awakening movement unless we first were willing to allow our hearts to be captivated with burning passion for him. Behind closed doors, in the prayer closet, in our homes, with our families. This is revival. Don't miss what God is doing by being an old wineskin. Nobody hates change more than Jesse Tunnel. Can I just testify? (laughs) Uh, I'm a guy that does not appreciate change. I like things slow and steady and predictable. But of the Spirit, you know not where he comes from or where he goes. Jesus said, if you refuse to be a new wineskin, both you and the new wine will be ruined. Who's willing to be flexible in the kingdom of heaven? Who's willing to say what God is doing on the earth today doesn't have to look like any of my revival experience of the past. I have no preconceived 
notion of what God is doing on the earth, how he should do it, what it should look like. I'm just willing to say yes. I am. And if somebody like me can say yes, so can you. Let's turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Such a powerful passage. Really one of the most power-packed chapters in the entire Bible, in my humble opinion. But I'd like to focus on verses 12 through 21 today. Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 21. And I would like to present biblically how to be a participant in a revival awakening that literally changes the world. Do you believe? Do you really? Do you believe that you can be a part of a movement and awakening that literally changes the landscape of Adel, Texas, Parker County, and the world? Because if you can't go there, what are you alive for? You exist for the glory of the Father in establishing his kingdom on the earth. I, I, I don't know if you understand this, but you are the salvation of the world. The church is God's plan to bring salvation to the world. There is no other plan B. Jesus has done everything he's going to do. Do you understand that? It is finished. It is accomplished. It's a finished work. He's done everything. He has given us what the scripture says, everything we need for life and godliness. You are the plan of God to bring salvation to the entire world. That should be exciting. What an adventure that we're in. How, how blessed, how grateful should we be that God has allowed us to be on the earth in this time. Thank you, Father. So good. Let's read verse 12 through 21. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if we live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Let this next couple of verses captivate your heart. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 
the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons and daughters, the Greek word is children, for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. What a power-packed passage. Listen to that last verse again. This is the heart of the Father through the plan of God, which is you, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Says the whole earth, all of creation. When you study out that word in the Greek, it's everything that has been created from the rocks in the parking lot to every breath in the human lungs. Everything, all that God has created is waiting in eager expectation for what? For you. They are waiting for you. To come alive as a son and daughter of God, being revealed in the earth. Because here's the deal, the kingdom is going to come through you. The world is going to see Jesus through you, or they're not going to see him. Do you feel the weight of the plan of God? That's why this world's shaking. That's why governments are poised against each other. That's why the world is a tinderbox. That's why everything is, is, is moaning and, and groaning, as the scripture says in the next verses. Why? Because they're eagerly waiting to see God, and they will see him in you. You are the sons and daughters of the living God. You have in you a DNA of the kingdom of God that the world has to have. This is revival that we fall so in love with God the reviver that we're awakened in every other affection of our life, loses its fervor, and we're undone and we say, this is why I am alive to love you, and to bring your kingdom for the salvation of the world. That is not the job of the preachers and the teachers and the evangelists and the prophets and the apostles. That's not their job. In fact, the scripture says their job is to train you to do the work. You're the sons and daughters of God. You're the revival for the earth. You're God's plan. And yes, we're all a part of that together. Eager expectation. We have no idea how hungry this world is to see a legitimate move of God through his children. We, we, we can't even dream of how hungry they are. I don't know if you may or may not know this, but I get, this, I get to serve as a part-time police officer in Weatherford a couple of shifts per week. And, and being... Being called to the worst moments of people's lives 
what you see is such a hungering for God. They just don't know what they're hungering for. But they have it built in them. They are the children of God that have not yet reached redemption. But there's a DNA in them that says there's, there's something that I need. There's something that I'm hungering for. And I'm putting everything in the world into my soul to try to fulfill it. But it will never do because they're waiting in eager expectation for you to reveal God to them. I feel like there's so much in my heart to cover. Uh, I'm just going to stay to the task, be efficient with time. How to be a participant. Number one, if you're writing notes or if you're taking notes, this one uh, is, is a biggie. Number one, how to be a participant in this revival awakening. Become a member of the family through the redemptive act of salvation. Become a member of the family of God through Jesus in salvation. Let's read verse 15 and 16 again. It says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Listen, it's not a religion to join. It's not a church to assign your membership to. It is a family to belong to. Jesus continually spoke of God as father for a reason. Because it's a family. And I just... I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Here's the deal. Is there anybody today that needs to come into the family of God by saying, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died to forgive my sins, and today I give him my life and receive his spirit to live in me. I want to not be a part of a church or join a religion, but I need to be in the family of God to become a son and daughter. If that's you today and you need to be saved, would you just raise your hand right now? Right now, this is your moment. This is your day. Don't waste another day playing some religious game and not having the love and forgiveness of God in your heart. Anyone need to be saved? Okay. So the majority of us are in the family. It's excellent. Which brings me to number two. This is how to be a participant in this awakening that he's doing on the earth. Number two, be filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God. Be filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God. If we look at verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It's, it's an expectation in the kingdom of heaven that if you're a child of God, that you're led by the Spirit of God. And yet religion has so hoodwinked us that we feel like being led by the Spirit of God is some fanatical, it's reserved for some fanatical few people within the body of Christ. It's baloney. It's baloney. You cannot exist 
as a son and daughter of the living God in this culture without being filled and led by the Spirit of God. Jesus was God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. It's how he dwells with us and in us every day. We are commanded by scriptures to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said this in Luke 11, 13, one of my favorite passages coming out of religion and longing to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I prayed this verse to my father so many times. If the good father, if if fathers being evil know how to good give give good gifts, how much will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What a treasure. What a gift. You think you want the Spirit of God dwelling in you? It's nothing compared to what he wants to do in you. All right, Jesse, stay to task. Okay. So here's the deal. It's going to be real simple. If today you want to be filled to overflowing and you want to commit to be led by the Holy Spirit, stand up right where you are right now. I want to pray for you. If you want to be filled with a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit or you want to say, I am dedicating to be led by the Spirit as a son and daughter of God, just stand up right where you are. How many believe the words of Jesus? How much more will my Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I feel religious spirits stirring right now. Listen, listen, I know, I know you received the Holy Spirit at salvation. I'm very aware. You also came to know Jesus, but your relationship with him didn't start, it just began. Father, we just say to you that there's no way we can advance your kingdom on the earth and be a part of what you've called us to without being empowered, led, and the wisdom of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for for being so patient and kind with us. Jesus, we're taking you at your word right now, and we're just asking for more of your Holy Spirit. Fill us to overflowing. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, We just release, we prophesy a fresh anointing, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit of God right now, being filled, being filled, being anointed. Who will commit to being led? Who will commit to being led? To be led, you have to give up the rights of control. Who's willing to give up the right to control in order to be led by God's Spirit? Father, I thank you for those who have said yes this morning. We commit that you are the boss. You're the boss. You're the boss. Lead us and we will follow. Lead us and we will follow. And Holy Spirit, we trust you completely. You are trustworthy. You are as much God as the Father and as the Son. You're you're trustworthy. You'll never lead us anywhere that doesn't give Jesus glory and pleasure to the Father. So we'll follow you. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You have to be a son and daughter of God. 
That doesn't happen by, by accident. You have to, there, salvation is a journey, but it has a starting point. I feel like there's someone in this room. I know we're done, we're, we're, we're passing by this. Don't miss your opportunity of salvation. If you were afraid because of the people in this room or whatever, it is worth taking some time this week to sit with the Father. Come find somebody you trust. Then we have to be filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Number three, you ready? How do I become a participant in the revival awakening that literally changes the world? Be a family member, be led by the Spirit of God. Number three, live like Jesus in your world. Live like Jesus in your world. Let's read verses 18 and 19. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What is the glory that will be revealed in us? The scripture said it's Christ in you is the hope of glory. The glory that needs to be revealed to the earth in this day is Yeshua, the king. It's Jesus. He is the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1, 27 and 28. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ in you. 1 John chapter 2. If you want to turn there, if you don't, I'll, I'll read it for you. It's verse 5 and 6. Listen, if, if you would just... Just listen to these words. If you don't believe it's in the Bible, you can look it up later. You can check on me. Listen to these words of Scripture. And this is how we know we are in Christ. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. What? I do, man. I feel religious spirits stirring. Because religion told us that we have to be holy like Jesus, but we can never walk like Jesus. Religion told us we have to be kind like Jesus, but we can never walk in the power of Jesus. Are you with me? Let me read it again for you. This is how we know we are in Christ. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. I'm not there yet. I don't know if you are. I'm not there yet. But you can guarantee I'm going to take my dying breath. With every effort in my body. And in my heart and my soul to live like Jesus on the earth. The world is tired of a powerless, pansy church who can make programs, build mega churches, build buildings.
and completely live void of the power of Jesus. They're so tired of it. I'm tired of it. It makes me sick. I mean, literally, for God's sake, the word Christian, the suffix I-N, to be like Christ, the whole reason that we were saved was not just to escape hell. That's so cheap. Yes, sir. But to come into the fullness of Jesus Christ Colossians says that the fullness of God, the fullness of the deity dwelt in bodily form in Christ Jesus. You may know what the next verse says. And you have been given that fullness. If you've been hiding behind religion of the western United States and in a false humility to say, I could never be like Jesus, you're completely missing the point of the cross and the resurrection. Yes. He said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. How is he lifted up? By your life. By your life. Christ in you. Christ in you, Christ in you is the hope that they need. Are you with me? Can I stretch you a little further? John chapter 14, verse 12, you know it, some of you know it very well. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Come on now. When the truth says, I tell you the truth, something you can bank on. I tell you the truth, anyone, raise your hand if you're anyone. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And he will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. And before you try to reason that away with your logic, read the context of the passage because the context is literally miracles. Jesus is saying, if you don't believe that I'm in the Father or the Father's in me, at least believe on the great miracles that you've seen. And then he says, I tell you the truth. If anyone believes in me, he will do what I've been doing. No, he will do even greater things than these. Come on now. This is the revival awakening that sons and daughters wake up to who they're intended to be and begin living as the very hands and feet and mouth of Jesus on the earth. Are you living as Jesus in your world? My world is Jesse, the husband and father. Jesse the pastor of a small church in the middle of nowhere, Jesse, the part-time cop, this is my world. In my world, I will not cease to passionately 
pursue living just like Jesus. Because he said, Jesse, Jeff, you, 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 you are the light of the world. How many of you know living like Jesus in the world that he's given you, the sphere of influence that he's given you? Let me just stop right there. Can, can I just say, there is a sphere of influence that he's given you that no one else in the world has. That's why it's so important that you quit playing games. And you come into the revelation of what you were created for. The world is eagerly... Your sphere of influence. Think about you. I'm talking about you this week. Where are you going to go to work? Where are you going to homeschool? Where are you going to be a husband and wife? Where are you going to spend your time? That very group of people eagerly await you to be revealed as a son and daughter of God. The word revealed there is actually in the Greek, it's a combination of two words. Apo, to take away, and apocalypse, that's where we get that, to uncover. So it's to take away what's covering you, to be revealed, to be announced for who you are. Can we just be legitimate with each other for a moment? Because if you're going to live like Jesus in the world, which is the plan of God for everybody, no one here is disqualified from the destiny of God in your life. Some of you need to hear that it's God's desire for you to live like Jesus on the earth. If you claim to be in him, you must walk as Jesus did. So how many of you know that part of that is suffering and hardships that we endure? Living like Jesus did in hardships and in difficulties. Yes? yes. I mean, let's, let, let's read what it says here. Like verse 17 and 18, right? Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, if we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. If we're going to live like Jesus on the earth, it is going to create hardship, difficulty, friction, suffering. To live an uncompromising, passionate life for Jesus in our culture is going to cause and develop 
hardships and suffering, but who's willing to say that these, these sufferings are not even worth comparing to the glory of God that is revealed in us when we live like Jesus, even through difficulty. In my personal time this, with the Lord this week, I was reading in John chapter 12 and, and 13 and 14, but John chapter 12, verse 22, Jesus is about to, um, he's about to, uh, 13 is the washing of the disciples' feet and the last supper, and then we go into the rest and the, the crucifixion, Jesus' great teaching in 15 and 16. But in John chapter 12, 27, Jesus says this, now my heart is troubled. It's interesting. Because John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled. But in 12, he says, And now my heart is troubled. He's not asking you to walk through any suffering, any hardship that he didn't go through first. Listen to these words. He, he realizes what's happening. I haven't, it, it's not on the website, uh, Jeff's sermon from last week, but did you end up talking about the, the Passover table with Judas there? You did? Did, did you know when you, when you read the passage, Jesus washed the disciples' feet before Judas left the room? He washed Judas' feet. And so I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So chapter 12, verse 27, Jesus says, Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was this very hour, the reason that I came. Father, glorify your name. I, I'm telling you, and some of you know this very well. Some of the most impactful times that you will ever look like Jesus is in the midst of suffering. Because it captivates the attention of all the people around you saying, what's she going to do? Been talking this Jesus thing. And here's some hardship in their life. What's, what are they going to do? How's it going to be? What's it going to look like? And when we can stand before Jesus and like James said, count it all joy, brothers. When we experience various hardships and trials, right? And when we sit in these difficult situations and we say, Father, I'm not asking you to take me out of it. I came to glorify you, and I'm with you in the midst of this suffering. May your name be glorified. Sometimes he saves. Sometimes he pulls us out. Sometimes he walks with us through it. Right? So live like Jesus in your world. Um. We're going to close with this, this last one, but before we do, is there anybody today 
who the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart, it's time for me to step up and realize my task of being Jesus to this world. And I'm going to step into my God-given destiny. And I'm going to live like Jesus. If that's you, would you just stand up? I don't care if it's just me. I don't want any hype, no manipulation whatsoever. I don't care. If you're saying, I hear the call of God for me to begin to live like Jesus in this world. And I want to answer that call. This is our commitment, Father. We're no longer satisfied with playing church, religion, living one way in the eyes of the corporate world in a different way behind the doors of our home. We're done with that. And Father, here we are saying we are humble, broken, needy people. We're saying we receive your call and your anointing to begin to live like Jesus. And there's a confidence rising in us, God, that by your spirit we will begin to talk like Jesus talked. We will begin to love like he loved. We will reach out like he reached out. We will share truth like he shared truth. And it will be the goal of our lives. Help us, Father, we need it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Can we just close with this last one? Number one, be a part of the family. Number two, be led by the Spirit of God. Number three, begin to live like Jesus in your world, whatever section of the world he's given you. And lastly, number four, lead the world into freedom as children of God. Lastly, do the deed. Do the thing. God saved you. He set you apart. He filled you with the Spirit. He gave you a sphere of influence. You have this heart to live like Him. Now here's the deal. They're waiting with eager expectation to be led out of the decay of the culture into the freedom of God as children of God. So do the deed. Go with boldness. Speak the Word of God. Share the love of God. Lay the hands on your co-worker. Pray. Do the things that the world says is weird and don't give it another thought because the Spirit of God is leading you to. How can I lead this? What a task, it says, to lead the world out of the decay that it's been in into the glorious freedom of God as children of God. Don't be selfish. God doesn't just want you. He wants every son and daughter. Come on. This is what we've been talking about lately at our church. Who's willing to give Jesus everything he paid for? He deserves to get everything he paid for. Don't be selfish. Don't stop with your prosperity and blessing and salvation and freedom. Because the world is waiting, groaning, moaning, the scripture says, to be led out of its death into the glorious freedom. What's the practicality of how we do that? It's a great concept. 
It's the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Of course, Jesus. But what's, what's the, the daily reality of that? Just like you said, brother. One person at a time. One opportunity at a time. Listen. You don't have to save the whole community of Adel. You don't. Just be filled with the Spirit of God, living as the Son of God in the world, the daughter of God. Each opportunity, one person, one opportunity. Listen, be in the moment. Be with the person. I know you're busy. But your to-do list didn't look anything like Jesus did. Come on now. He had three short years to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth, raise up some knuckleheads to release the New Testament church that saved the world. I know you're busy. Be in the moment. He would stop. He would notice that a sheep is helpless Right and harassed, and he would take the moment. It's one person at a time, man. Take a look at your hands. Look at those. Those are the hands of Jesus. You get this? These right here that are attached to your wrist. Those are the hands of Jesus. And there's nothing God won't do through you as you believe, as you're obedient. It's crazy, isn't it? Revival. It's here. It's coming. Are you going to be a part of it? It's your own choice. Please be a participant. All right. Okay, here's here's how I'd like to close. If you you honestly desire increased confidence and boldness to begin to talk, act, walk, love like Jesus, actually doing the deeds that bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and you're saying, I am willing to go here, and I want to be empowered and confident and bold. Here's how we're going to close. Let's all stand up. Let's, can we do that? Can we all stand up? Again, I don't think God needs any hype. He's, he's got all the glory anyway. But if that's you saying, I'm ready to walk into my sonship, daughtership, to bring revival to the world, to bring the world into freedom, and I want to walk in boldness, and anointing to do that. I'm just going to ask you to get out of your seat. Come down. Let's just come down right here. Let's meet each other right here. Just come on down. Come on down.
Jesus, if you can take 12 and one of them was a son of the devil and turn the world upside down, what will you do with us? Your sons and daughters submitted to your purpose, filled with your spirit, committed to bring revival to the world. So here we are. We're just being very authentic and honest with you, God. We don't know how this is going to look, but we feel drawn by your spirit to engage in what you're doing on the earth. So I just pray for my friends today who have come and and they have said yes to you. Father, I'm just praying over my heart and theirs a fresh fire of confidence. Perfect love draws, drives out all fear. Perfect love drives out all fear. Insecurity right now is going in Jesus' name because you are accepted by perfect love. You don't have to prove one thing. You don't have to prove one thing. You're already fully accepted. You're already fully loved. You don't have to prove one thing. Let his perfect love drive out all fear. You don't have to worry about how your spouse accepts you because you're already accepted. You don't have to worry about how your co-workers reject or embrace you because you're already embraced. Let perfect love drive out all fear. And Father, we ask in its place that you instill in us a confidence through the power of your Holy Spirit that we just begin to tell of your love, of your goodness, of what you've done for us. Father, I pray over these hands. I pray that this week they would begin to tingle with fire and power. When you bring them into a situation and your Holy Spirit begins to whisper, now's the time I want you to release the kingdom, I pray that there would be an undeniable understanding that this is their moment. There would be a confidence in them and they would release your kingdom with love. With love. We just say... Bring freedom to the world through us. We'll do anything. Nothing's off the table, God. Nothing's off the table. We're not keeping anything back. We're not afraid of refining fire because you're good. You're good. We say yes. Have your way in us. Can we go out with a song? Is that okay? Can we sing this? This has been on my heart all week. Be lifted up. You know this one? Be lifted higher. Be lifted up. We lift you higher. Can we just lift them up?
and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Jesus, you reign. Jesus, you reign. We lift you high. We lift you higher. Amen. Go be blessed in the kingdom of heaven. Thank you.